Well, welcome back to the Scribes Journal uh, for another episode of Who Knows What. I am your host, the Scribe of Worlds, and I am joined by the Violet Author. I don't get to introduce myself. I'm not cool enough for that. No, no, it's actually stipulated in the rules because anytime I say the Scribe of Worlds joined by, there's always this very awkward long pause uh, until you come back and say anything. So I've just given up and I'm introducing you now. Congratulations. That works. Hello, it's me. I'm back. I'm here. I'm alive. Barely. Um, <laughs> it's been an interesting week, but I'm excited to launch into some creative writing. I have some cool, cool news. I have been writing. I don't know if I mentioned this last episode, but I have been writing rather consistently these past few weeks. As in, like, pretty much every other day, I'm actually getting in, like, 500 to 1,000 words, which has never that's it's great. not it never happened before, but it has not happened since I basically went to college. It hasn't happened. Right. So I don't know. It's weird. It's this new world that I'm working on. It has sparked my creativity. It has sparked today's episode. And yes. And so let's just jump on off and get rolling with what is today, because it is it is bound to be wild. Let's I can say that much. Yes, it is. So last time Scribe came up with a wonderful two-part episode concept that celebrated the new year. Um, and that put a little bit of pressure on me to be cool and come up with a cool concept. And so I did. I did come up with a cool concept, I think. We're never quite sure. We'll see if it works. But last time I mentioned that I was trying to write the ending of the new story that I'm working on. It's going to be called The Silent Hour. And I had not come up with an ending. However, thanks to my wonderful, wonderful partner, I have come up with an ending. So I no longer need assistance with that. But I do need assistance with something else in this world. And that's what I was hoping we could work on today. Yes. So obviously, when you're writing a new story, there's a lot that goes into character building, character growth. The arc of a character's development is very important for a story. Even if it's a flat line, you got to come up with a reason why a character never changes. So mm -hmm. I have a main character. Her name is Iris. I'm having difficulty writing Iris, despite the fact that she's my main character. And I was hoping today that we could talk a little bit about how we build our characters, maybe come up with some cool ideas, some nifty character workings, and then take the characters that we've worked on and write them into a story together. So yeah, that's my concept for today. That sounds terrifying, but I think I think we can do it. Uh, you need to understand that, uh, listeners, Violet understands this. You need to understand that I have probably about seven different universes that my brain can go to at any point, and several of those universes have multiple worlds within them, and each of those worlds have numerous too numerous to count characters so the blanket statement of let's just work on characters is absolutely terrifying because there's just too many to choose from but but we will we'll we'll see how well we do uh, with this anyway i have an idea of who i think i'm going to choose but we'll see how about you go ahead and talk to us a little bit about iris iris so uh the story of the quiet hour is based in a universe that is just our world but in 2012 and in 2012 the Olympics happen, and it starts an event that brings about some unprecedented effects on the world. I don't want to spoil too, too much, but it does involve losing Canada and most of Maine. Um, oh, well. It My main character, Iris, she is currently going to school in Texas, but she's originally from Maine, and she has 
or she she's a, she's a bit of a, a unique character for me. I normally tend to write very emotional characters. I write very like creative characters because that matches who I am best as a writer. But I wanted to give myself a little bit of a challenge. The two secondary characters, Beckham and Atlas, they're the more emotional and creative so souls. Um, but Iris is an analytical kind of individual. She is very factual. She does not really dive deep into her emotions she's very like in the moment present walking along from day to day just getting things done and i've been having difficulty nailing her down and nailing down her tone because as writers who are listening to this know being able to hear your character's voice in your head as you're writing them is really essential to being able to continually write them and when you lose their voice it's difficult because you have to try and yes. match what you've already written but you don't have the voice anymore so you don't quite know where you're going so that's where i'm at um and because i've gotten so deep into this i really don't want to lose it although i'm not even sure i ever really found it i think i was just kind of going off of the other two voices in the story and that's not good either mm. so hopefully this is an opportunity for me to help iris grow but i wanted to ask scribe what about your character have you chosen a character and if so why are you choosing this character today I thought I had chosen a character, but now that you're talking about it, I think I might go to a different one. So give me one quick second, and I'm going to look through some stuff. I was thinking maybe we could conduct a character interview, like interview each other's characters. Sure. Okay, so I think I will keep with my original concept. I'm going to be using Adrian from my Miracle Mile and other stories collection. It's also known as Adventures in Fantasy. I've referenced it a couple of times. Adrian is the driver or the agency uh, most frequently associated with driving Chesterfield around. He is a, in the world that he comes from, he's a satyr. If we put them in the same world, he probably would just become a regular human. The satyr part doesn't really like play too much into things. He's a, a weird amalgamation of adrenaline junkie, but also like kind of a nervous comic relief side character in a way. So I think I think the reason that I want to want to use him is to kind of dive into a little bit deeper into his psyche and figure out how his brain actually operates. Why is it that at sometimes he seems so full of himself and why is it at times that he seems like so scared of everything and very much not at ease? So Adrian Lapierre. Love it. Have we? We've used Adrian before, haven't we? We've used the name Adrian. Okay. I don't think we've used Adrian, this character, before. I might have mentioned him before, just because I've been working on this series for so long. Uh, but and he's not the one that yes. we wrote with Marius, right? He's not the one that we wrote with no. Marius in the White City. Okay. That's Jack. That's Jack. Okay. There we go. Yep. So, in order for us to get to know our characters best, I thought that a fun little exercise that we could do is something called a character interview. Now, if you've never heard of this before, it's pretty straightforward. You're asked a series of questions. Usually the author is asking themselves while they're writing the character. But in this case, we actually have one person asking another. Questions that will help the author answer as the character so that they can get into the headspace of the character a little bit better. I am on the website, the right prompt, right as in W-R-I-T-E dot com. And it has a writing exercise, 21 questions to ask your character. We don't have to do all 21, but I thought that it might be fun to start there. Oh, great. Are they numbered? They are. If you don't like a question, I put, there's additional questions underneath it in case you want to swap it out or something, but that's great. 
how about we do a little bit of dice rolling to make things a little bit more fun because that's always more fun. Uh, so I have I a d20. Mm-hmm. So it would cancel out 21. So we can just get rid of question. Question number seven has been deleted. Great. So we have our 20 questions here that we can take turns asking each other. So I bought two dice sets recently and I never used them. So I'm happy to be finally getting to use at least one of one of them. Very nice. Okay, I've got my dice ready. Great. So I've actually already rolled and have my question ready. Are you ready to be interviewed? I am. I'm very excited to be interviewed as Iris. I will not be answering as Iris because that'd be weird, but I'll be answering for Iris. Uh, So I'm going to be interviewing you as the lawyer for Iris in that case. A lawyer? Oh, yes. So lawyer to lawyer here. All right. Lawyer to lawyer. She's not a lawyer. Miss Violet Author, what is the worst thing your client has ever done? Okay. Already have a question to answer with your question. Are we setting these questions during the timeline of the book or during the timeline before the book starts or at the beginning of the book? Uh, That is up to you. I would say, hmm, my client, first off, this is a very personal question for a lawyer to be asking, but second off, I would say that the worst thing that my client feels she's done is when she had to shoot and kill somebody during a prison riot in order to make it out alive. I see. Yes. All right. Mm -hmm. Shoot and kill someone. Shoot and kill someone. I'm pretty sure, like, before that, it was probably, like, she accidentally stole a candy bar from a store that she like put in her pocket before she left it and then just forgot about it. But if we're going by, yeah, I think that definitely trumps the candy bar. Okay. Well, very good. And let's write it down. And then we have to incorporate the questions that we answer in the story somehow. Right. Okay. Well, if Scribe has chosen to interrogate my character as a lawyer, then I feel it would only be accurate for me as a person to interrogate his character as a therapist. So, um, come on in, come on in, come take a seat, come take a seat. I've got the tissues ready. Clear, this is for someone else and not for me. Right, right, right. Um, so come take a seat. I, I have a question for you just to get the ball rolling with this session today. Did your character grow up with any pet? No. Cool. Would you like another question? I will take another question. Okay. Or I can expound on that one. I, either way. Was there, a reason, was there a reason that he didn't grow up with any pet? So, <laughs> I believe this is still unpublished. It's called A Need for Speed. It's one of my favorite stories I've ever written. It's it's the story of how how Chesterfield and Adrian met for the first time. I uh, remember this story. That is up on the Scribe of Worlds, is it not? I don't I don't think it is. Really? But yes. So uh, he had grown up in a sheltered community, though he supposed all satyrs did. Deep in the woodlands, there was nothing but the power of your hooves and horns to make your way in the world. They were introduced to the wider world during the last two years of youth, an opportunity for them to taste the world, to understand more fully the peace and safety of their woodland haven. The young one would return, telling stories of the chaotic outer world, ready to take their place in true civilization. Some might look at it as manipulation. After all, the young ones got sent to the worst parts of the world, to see the limits of what technology could do when used for evil gain. Some might even go so far as to call it a cult. And considering the history of satyrs, they might not be far off. There were always exceptions, and that was where Adrian fit in. His brother and sisters... Yeah, looking back, he should have seen that whole cult thing a lot sooner. Uh, So yeah, that's why he didn't grow up with pets. 
Because he is a pet, or half of one. Well, I mean, yeah, I guess he's half a goat, but more to the point, he grew up in a cult, and there was no, yeah, like, technically, it's not a cult. It is a civilization and a lifestyle, uh, but from the outside. It's the fantasy version of the Amish. You wrote fantasy Amish people. Kind of, kind of. It's a little bit, anyway. Yeah. Okay, great. Are you ready for another question? Yes, I am. Ask away. If you will tell me. What did your client, uh, Miss Iris, want to be when she grew up? Hmm. Uh, Iris is a savant at computer coding and data analysis. So Iris always grew up wanting to work somewhere with big electronics. When she was younger, she thought maybe the, uh, the Air Force or the military or something uh, where she could use her skills. But as she got older... Uh, she didn't like that idea anymore because her brother went to the military. And so she had a distaste for it past his experiences. And now her goal is to just use her ability to get money and to have a stable future for herself. Fair enough. Mm-hmm. All right. Are you ready for your next question? No, but go for it anyway. <laughs> All right. Here we go. So so continuing with our session here today, Scribe, why don't you tell me what kind of contest would Adrian always win? Racing. A a street racing competition. Do you want to dive a little bit into the reason why Adrian is so good at what he does? There's not really a reason per se. So the story Need for Speed talks about this. Basically, Adrian comes out on, uh, you know, fantasy Amish versions of From Springer and experiences the world for the first time and sees a street race happen and through events ends up participating and he doesn't win he actually does pretty terribly but uh he does well enough to catch the notice of one of the other street racers who then uh kind of takes takes him under her wing and teaches him so yeah he just had a natural talent for it and that's pretty much it is there ever going to be some kind of background like was he like blessed by a satyr nymph when he was born or something or is it just like he's just good at it he is just yeah it's just natural skill like it's it's one of those things where you find the thing that you're good at you do it and street racing just happened to be it nice that's good stuff all right why don't we do one more each sure thing so miss the author no that's not right Miss Author? Miss... Anyway. Mm-hmm. <laughs> anyway, yeah, the, the Miss Vi- Violet. The is the middle name. No, Violet is the middle name, right? The is your first oh, name? Oh, yeah, yeah. So it's, it's like... the Violet Author. Yeah, yeah. So, so Author would be Violet's my middle name, but I prefer to go by my middle name. So, Miss The, uh, tell me, what is Iris's darkest childhood memory? Ah, okay. Interesting. I don't... Hmm, let me think. I really struggled on how I want Iris's background to look. Um, Iris's family is uh, an immigrant family. They come over from uh, Africa, and she is a the first in her family to go to college. She is the first of her family to have been born and raised in America. All of her other siblings moved from there. And I have been trying to figure out if I want what I want the struggle to be. And I've been trying to be culturally appropriate about it because I don't want to initiate any unhealthy stereotypes. It's a common thing that writers who are writing POC family units 
who are not a part of that community, they struggle with a lot and they make sure that they do research on. So I think that probably one of Iris's darkest memories is when uh, a few members of her extended family are unfortunately deported back to Africa due to visa issues. Fair enough. Nice. This is this is why Violet's motivation is to have money and to be able to be financially stable so that she can provide for her family in a way, even across seas. Uh, Iris. Yeah. You said Violet. Wow. Give me nap. <laughs> That's incredible. Yes, and this is the last question of yes, our mini interview. So let's make it a good one. What have we got? All right, throwing it back in your direction. What is Adrian's darkest childhood memory? I I I don't think that Adrian has any particularly dark memories of his childhood because it was so idyllic. I think looking back from the outside, looking back in, that's where Adrian's memories start to get a little bit more darker. So it's little things, you know, it's it's not even like a big terrible event it's it's the little things of being like oh no we don't go to the outside world oh remember what's the thing that we always say about the outside world and insert some mnemonic device about how terrible the outside world is yeah so i think it's i think it's those kinds of of things he doesn't have too many actual dark memories just his perspective of them has changed Mm, i got you all right well, thank you. Thank you for opening up to me today about your character. Uh, this concludes yeah, our no therapy problem. session, and it begins our next section. Now that we have a little bit more of an understanding of these characters, even just a little bit that we've done, and obviously there's 21 questions, and I would love to go back at some point just individually and fill these out just so we can get a better picture of our characters, but I don't think that that would be very fun for the rest of the episode. No, so, I, I don't think so. <laughs> the idea that Scribe and I have is to take these questions uh, that we have answered and find a way for our two characters to meet, to have a conversation, and to interact in a world some kind, uh, in a world of some kind, and write a little scene with them both so that we can get a bit of a feeling for it. And as we go, we'll talk about why they react to things the way that they do. Uh, we'll, we'll, we'll just talk. We're, we're good at that. We're pretty good at talking. Yes, we are very good at that. <laughs> What's really crucial to notice about all of these things is they're all questions about your character's past and your character's past and their experiences will shape who they are. But even like what I said, you know, a character's perspective on the events of their life is going to shape who they are because where Adrian is in in my uh, writing of him, if he looks back on his memory, his growing up, he'll get like shudders and chills because like, oh man, it's just so cloistering and terrible, you know. Later on down the road, he might look back and say, well, no, the world actually is pretty terrible and they were trying to protect us from the worst of it. He's not there yet. But he might be able to at some point look back at his childhood memories with a little bit more peace and satisfaction. Uh, so it's not just the events of your character's life, but also the way they perceive them that is going to make your character react or be the character that they are. Mm-hmm. Because growing is perceiving things with a new lens. When you were little, you only knew your parents as the label that they went by. So like mom or dad or grandpa or auntie. But as you got older, you realize that your your parents have names. That's not mom that's christine it's a it's a shift and the older you get the more you see things uh in a new light whether that be positive or negative and so it makes total sense that adrian's kind of progression is that yes yeah all righty 
Yeah, so how are we going to make these characters meet? I feel like first we have to choose a location. And Scribe, you have found us a location wheel um, of some kind or a location generator, was it? Yes, it's a location generator. And I just clicked through it a couple times to see like what kind of things you would get. And I got everything from a laboratorium to skate park. So Amazing. That's I am very excited. Ah, I love it. Do we want to do the thing where we roll for three and then pick one? Or do we want to just roll for one and, and work with what we've got? Let's roll for one and see what it looks like. And if we hate it, then we'll keep rolling. And it'll probably still be the best of the three. Perfect. Sounds good to me. Here we go. Our first choice is swimming pool. Okay. Do you want more? Let's go for the three for idea. Let's, let's take two yeah, more. Yeah, let's take two more. Okay. <laughs> a classroom. Okay. High school AU, question mark? Or a golf course. What the heck is going on? Those are so interesting. Very interesting. There, yeah, I'm telling you, these are. this is a great random location generator. I'm going to have to keep it in mind for the future. Yeah, definitely save this one. Okay, so we've got a swimming pool, a classroom, or a golf course. Either they are at the YMCA, and we can have all three of them, or they are at one of these locations. Um... I don't know about swimming pool. Swimming pool swimming pool could get a little awkward. Yes, I, I agree. I'm very much okay with not doing the swimming pool. Also, um Iris has like a, a like a really floofy fro. Really though you don't get that wet. If you've got a proper hair routine, yeah. you usually yeah. try not to get that wet. So I don't feel like Iris would, would dig the swimming pool vibe. I, I do want to know what is going to be the event that spurs them together because I have an idea. What if this is an abandoned ymca and it's a swimming pool but there's no water in it and so like then we can still do the classroom and like an overgrown overrun golf course type thing feeding more into the the dystopia the um canada is gone sort of feel okay from the silent hour okay i like it i think a little addition of this is maybe the reason adrian is there is because he's getting some engine parts from the unused golf carts ah yeah he's making his own like mad max style vehicle little mini, <laughs> mini go-kart that he's like just bulking up this golf cart and making it the fastest you'll ever know of i love it okay great so that gives us a couple of reasons. I'm not sure why Iris is here yet, but I'm sure that we'll figure that one out. Uh, it depends on when they are in the story. If they're in the beginning, it could be while she's traveling to the place where the rest of the book basically takes place. Okay, great. So what is the event that is spurring them together? Hmm. If we're setting it in my world of the silent hour, there are many earthquakes that happen quite often, like one every few days, uh, and they can get pretty big. So say they, he was already there, Adrian was already there. Iris maybe was passing by uh, driving. It's a pretty apocalyptic, quiet universe. So going anywhere is going to be silent. And she takes shelter in this abandoned building and maybe that's where they end up together i i am very much down cool so we have iris whose primary purpose is to is for safety and adrian who in this his primary purpose is yeah just getting parts and like doing his thing which is a very adrian thing mm -hmm. to do i don't know how cars work so i'm guessing that engines are made out of a bunch of little pieces like lego bricks that you can interchange for different things you know, not quite, but yeah, we can we can say that in this one, Adrian knows more about mechanics than he, he does in reality. So with this one, 
it's not going to be as long. Like we aren't in most of the ones that we do, we're looking to write like a novel. In this one, we're write, writing a short story based on just some of the things that we've kind of pulled out from our characters. So just kind of keep that in mind. We're probably going to go at a little bit faster through the outline than we normally do, just because uh, one of time, and then two because again, this is shorter. Like we're we're focusing in. So let's jump right in so iris coming in she's alone how is she going to approach an abandoned ymca i feel like at this point in the story that i'm envisioning she's been out on not on her own but she's been separated from the person that she's traveling with at this point in the story just so i don't have to worry about writing two at once i feel like at this point she's she's kind of used to doing what it takes to survive and even though she's separated she's a pretty cool person like not like not like kill dude but like just like a pretty chill and even paced person so her mood is very like all right this is happening let's get in here let's settle in and let's just wait for it to blow over and hope that I can find my partner again. That's Iris's headspace uh, in all of this. She is mid-travel, mid-traveling plans. So her goal is to just get right back on the road when they're done so that they can get to their location. Right. What about our dear friend, Adrian? Yeah, so Adrian is here already. Adrian is used to being alone and doing his own thing. And so he's just kind of like scattering around finding different parts and pulling them together. He probably has like a golf cart parked by one of the entrances uh, so that he can just like load stuff into it. When he hears someone else come in, he probably is probably his first instinct is to hide because he's like, oh no, I'm stealing stuff. And then his brain kind of like recalculates. And he's like, no, I'm technically not stealing. And the owners of this place are probably long gone. So if there's anyone coming to check it out, they're probably trying to get out of the earthquake. So he would probably come up and approach, see who it is. And when he sees that it's, I'm not going to say defenseless, but probably someone who's not going to like kill him outright. Yeah. He'll, he'll be like, you know, approach. I think in his interactions, he's, he's kind of, I want to say distracted, but his attention isn't fully on Iris. He's like thinking about what, what's the next thing he has to grab. Like, okay, well, you're here, but I'm also here and I'm doing my thing. So you just kind of do your thing and I'll do my thing. And then, you know, we'll just kind of whatever. Would he ask her to help him with something? Like if he needed an extra set of hands, is he the kind of person that's like, oh, you're here. Come here. I need you to help me with this. Or is he more the kind of person of like, I'll figure it out on my own. Just let me do my thing. He probably would try to do it by himself. However, if Iris, like, because Iris knows computers and technology, right? Yeah. So if Iris looked over and was like, you know, if you use this size wrench instead of that one, you might be able to get a better grip on it. And he says, well, I don't have one of those. And she's like, well, what if you put a little bit of metal under the one side of the wrench and that would give you a better you know, grip or whatever? And he's like, whoa, I never thought about that. So I'd be the in, I think, getting getting talking about what's okay. going on. I like it. So their their way of interacting is Adrian is attempting to remove a part from an engine. She doesn't know cars, but I'd say that she would know wires better because PC build. So what if he's trying to like hot wire a golf cart so that he can get it started so that he can figure out what part to take or something like that, but he's not having a great time with it. So she would, because she would be able to handle wires much better than she would be able to handle um, Well, so maybe he's, maybe he's trying to like figure out which batteries work and which ones don't but his tester hmm. isn't working and he's like, ah, I, I think it has a charge, but I can't tell if it does or not. 
and she figures that thing out for him yeah and he just has this like massive pile of batteries and he's like yeah i'm gonna figure out how to recharge them at some point and uh, so i can just make one big super battery and she's like you know that's not how it works right and he's like says you yeah i kind of like these two interact together it seems like they're a pretty a pretty fun like dry humor duo yeah. already Yes. Yeah, I, I really like it. Iris reminds me a little bit of Jessica Blackstone in some ways. Jessica Blackstone is uh, another character that you may have met if you have read Adventures in Fantasy. But long story mm -hmm. short, Adrian and Jessica Blackstone end up going on this mission slash quest slash thing. And Jessica is also very much like to the point factual like this is life and this is what it is and adrian is very much just kind of like well this is life and this is what it is which are the same words but very different mm -hmm. yes i think that the battery is definitely a good way for them to kind of break the ice how do you feel about like earthquake aftershocks causing them to like well maybe we should step away from the electronics for a minute while everything's moving and yeah that's yeah that's that's a good i like that how do you think they're going to approach the topic of their respective pasts and, you know, some of the things that we mentioned during our respective interviews and therapy sessions? Hmm. Let me see. Well, we have the dark childhood memory thing that we wanted to try and use. We have pets. We have what we wanted to be when we grow up. That could be a good place to start. Why do you know so much about electronics? Oh, this has always kind of been my thing. Growing up, I like learned a lot about computers and technology wanted to be in the air force what about you have you always been into engines oh no actually i wasn't really allowed to sure, sure. segue segue let's go okay i'm cooking today solid stuff okay so adrian adrian's like pretty open about it he's just like yeah you know i was in a cult you know that kind of thing relatable and i think that like the kind of talk is I don't know how to how to put it yet, but somehow he's like, it's not easy walking away from the only life you've ever known. But sometimes you got to do the hard things, you know, and then maybe Iris says something like, well, at least you got the choice to walk away from it. Like my family was ripped away from me kind of thing. Yeah, that isn't even just like the past. That's current, like where she is right now. She's just like possibly lost her entire family and she's choosing to leave behind what little she knows to travel to a place in order to try and find her family again. Yeah. Okay. So there is one thing that we haven't talked about, which is the street racing aspect. I mm, think that's this true. should what you want the engines for. I think this should end with someone like also showing up to get all of the batteries or whatever. And Adrian's like, oh crap. And they jump on a golf cart and they do like a street race out of the YMCA. Earthquake's still going oh, on. Golf course. Yo, yeah, 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 exactly. So they're like <laughs> through the underbrush of this once beautiful golf course. And yeah, and I can just imagine that it's like, it's, he souped it up. So it's definitely faster than walking, but it's not like that much faster than walking. Like imagine the pace of a pretty fast run and they're both going like, I love that. I love the idea of uh, just like getting to see Adrian in action and also getting to see how Iris handles like, okay, okay, okay. Please watch out for the tree. Please watch out for the tree. So exactly. That's good stuff. I'm thinking the way to end this is they manage to get the other guy stuck in a sand pit. Yep. And they circle back around. Uh, maybe they make it back to the main road. 
And he's like, hey, you should probably go because that guy's definitely not going to wait around. And she's like, okay, cool. I'm going that direction. He's like, sucks. I'm going that direction. And so they're just like, all right, I'll never see you again. Bye. Or they come out to the main drag and her friend is there. And and that way, like, there's resolution on both parts. Well, not so much in Adrian. He's still being chased. But he's like, I have a pretty good lead. I'll be able to get home, okay? Or whatever. So it's it's a pretty clear resolution on both ends. Yeah, feel good about that. All right. There we go. Okay, so I think that a fun way to write this would be paragraph to paragraph. So I write a little section, then you respond with a little section, kind of a back and forth. What do you think? That is terrifying to me, but we can definitely try. Yes! Okay, uh, let's write this scene. I think we should do the middle section because that's going to draw in the most of the stuff that we've talked about, all the different traumas and childhood experiences and the street racing thing. Yeah, it'll be a, a nice chance for us to actually write the meat of these characters rather than the, the lighter bits because we can do that with no problem. It's the it's the deeper parts of the characters we've been struggling with. So that fits. That fits for me too. All right. You want to give this a go and yeah. write? Okay. You- you start it. You start it off. Okay. I keep forgetting that this is written in the past tense. Is the silent hour written in present tense? I have genuinely no clue. I think I, I've always had an issue with writing consistently. Mm. I think it's because you and I are writing it in this moment. And so I am writing it as if it is actively happening. But normally I write it in past tense. Interesting. Do you want to edit this before we read a quick edit? Yeah. Hey, get out of my paragraph. I can, I got it. I got it. Okay. Digging it? I am. All right. That's edited. That looks better. All right. Do you want to start off? this scene that we've written today yeah i think i think i would yeah so before we jump into this scene we'll just do a brief little recap of everything that we wrote for this and then we will show you this little scene we've come up with uh so we start out at an abandoned ymca that is being hit with little earthquakes one of these earthquakes drives iris the first of our characters in to find shelter. Uh, Meanwhile, the second of our characters, Adrian, was already there scavenging parts for his souped up golf cart. So as Adrian's there, he hears someone else comes in. He decides to hide first and then remembers that, wait, this is abandoned and the person is probably just trying to get out of the way and probably is not a threat to him. And so he approaches. Iris is a little bit surprised to find somebody in the middle of this YMCA surrounded by car batteries, but she is more concerned when she notices that his sensor is broken. So instead of questioning his motives, she simply helps him fix his sensor so that he can safely test his batteries. But the aftershocks cause them to have to pause on handling the dangerous electronics, and they settle down and relax against a wall while they begin to learn a little bit more about each other. Adrian asks why Iris knows so much about electronics and She explains uh, a bit of her history and then asks about the engines. Adrian responds that he kind of grew up sheltered and got into the whole car thing later into life. Iris asks what he means by that, and Adrian ends up trauma dumping. Uh, Iris likewise shares a little bit more than is probably socially acceptable, and they share a moment of awkward silence. 
Oh, in order to recover, Iris finally asks why Adrian cares so much about all of the batteries. Adrian happily replies that he wants to make a super battery for his golf cart. And when Iris attempts to explain to him that that's not how it works, Adrian explains to her that obviously she's she's the one who's incorrect on that part. Uh, but they don't have time to argue because someone is coming. One of Adrian's racing nemesises has tracked them down at this location and, hell-bent on revenge for a lost race, decides that it's time to grab a golf cart and chase them. Uh, but Adrian's golf cart is a more souped up than this guy's is. So Iris joins him on the back of the golf cart and they hop in for a joyride across the abandoned golf course behind the YMCA. They spin out uh, throughout the golf course and end up trapping their pursuer in a sand pit. Uh, and that gives them just enough time to get back to the main road. Uh, there, they find Iris's traveling companion, Beckham, who has managed to find Iris from the last radio signal she sent. Beckham and Iris continue on their journey, while Adrian heads back home with his pile of batteries, at least the ones that survived the trip across the golf course. And that is the close of the scene. Both of them return to their respective storylines and universes and probably never see each other again. I mean, I I have very little written for this time frame where Iris is traveling, so maybe Adrian will make a, a little surprise appearance in my story I someday. I would love that. That would be so I fun. I would love if Adrian just randomly appeared. Or a casual crossover. It will only be known to people who actually listen to this podcast, so congratulations. Yep. You guys are in the know. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. For sure, for sure. Yeah, so we wrote that middle out a little bit just to kind of flesh out some of the character dialogue and the, the thoughts and voices of our respective characters. And yeah, we're going to share that with you guys right now. Mm -hmm. Here. Just as a reminder, this is just after the uh, Aftershock has forced them both to sit down and kind of catch a breath and catch a break. You seem to know a lot about wires, Adrian said. Putting the now-tested battery on his already precarious stack. Is there a story there? Are you some kind of bionic hybrid thing? Iris blinked. Uh, no. Sorry to disappoint. She shrugged. I've just always enjoyed computers and electronics. It just made sense to me. More than a lot of things. She settled back against a wall. What about you? Have you always loved golf carts enough to break into abandoned buildings for them? Uh, technically. Not breaking in, Adrian clarified. The door was unlocked, and this place has been listed as public property for about... He looked off into the distance. How long has it been since the world started ending? He didn't wait for an answer, but finished. No, I actually didn't touch my first car until my late teens. Eighteen, maybe? And golf carts are a fairly recent thing. It's just too hard to get gas these days. But electricity added the stack, then immediately had to balance it again. That's the energy of the future, he gulped hit if you know there is one iris nodded i get it electricity keeps things running smoothly if we didn't have it we'd be evolving backwards that's why i love computers so much we've only scratched the surface of the things that coding and development can create someday we might even be able to create artificial intelligence grinning iris thrummed her fingers against her knee i miss it sometimes coding creating something new having it work Everything's broken these days. Her smile faded, and she cleared her throat. Eighteen is pretty late to start driving. Was that the law in the state you're from? Uh, only if you count the state of insanity, Adrian replied calmly. 
whistled and circled his ear. At least, that's what the village elders told me. At Iris's look of slight confusion, he grinned again. Well, I grew up in a pretty strict society. They'd say close-knit. Psychiatrists would say enmeshed. He shrugged. A cult, as I would say. Got out when I was 18 and drove into the sunset. Almost literally. He laughed. He didn't look back. He got that faraway look in his eyes. I had to force myself not to a couple of times, you know? Leaving's not easy, even when it's the right thing to do. He coughed awkwardly. Uh, and you? Well, I don't have any cult experience, but I guess I can relate to some extent. I just had my drive off into the sunset moment a few days ago, actually, and I uh, totally understand the struggle of not looking back. Beckham, that, sorry, that's the friend I mentioned earlier, he's always telling me we have to focus on the future. She studied her shoes for a moment. Does it, uh, I mean, obviously it gets easier. I know it does. Everyone always says that, but it does get easier, right? Yes, Adrian said, too quickly. I mean, well, it changes. You become more at peace with what you did because you had to do it, you know? You can't just let it hang over your head. You've got to get on with living. That's what helped me. That and finding a passion. You can forget a lot of things when you're street racing. He scratched his curly hair. So, yeah, I guess you've got to find something you're passionate about and run towards that. Or race, <laughs> in my case. Passion, Iris said flatly. That's a high aspiration. Hobbies don't excite me like they do other people. She sighed and leaned back. But I'm glad to hear it won't be this way forever. And who knows, maybe I'll find something like racing. Something that makes me crazy enough to try and test batteries with a broken sensor. She grinned, motioning to the pile of batteries in front of them. And, uh, what were you even planning on doing with all of those? Tech tape, some more wiring, and voila presto, Adrian said, you get a super battery. He laughed, reaching out to pat the pile again, but stopping himself before he knocked it over. I might even be able to get to a decent cruising speed, say 55 miles per hour. After a moment of blinking, Iris accepted Adrian was serious. You do know that taping a bunch of batteries together won't actually make a super battery, right? That kind of device requires its own casing. It's one singular battery. It's just bigger. Oh, ye of little faith, Adrian muttered. Just you wait. <laughs> That's and there fun. It is. They're fun. I love that. They are very fun, yeah. I love dialogue scene, you know, especially dialogue that's done well, where it's yeah. not just a line by line of like he said, she said, but there's interaction and uh, a whole bunch of show, not tell, woven in there. So yeah, well done us. Yes, we did really good with that. And the best part is we don't have to do an outro because we already recorded that. It's true. Yep. So we're going to switch you guys over to that and hope you have a great week. Was a great story i'm so glad we wrote that together at the time of the day that we did write it together of course uh nothing has changed nothing is different and this is the same time that always has been I it's true with this yeah um I, I know it was kind of a a bit of a strange beginning normally we have more of a concept and we build up to it but instead we did an exercise i, I just wanted to highlight some character growth and development i think it's helpful for both scribe and i to walk away from this feeling like we have a little bit of a better grasp of our characters, especially after writing that section. Mm -hmm. 
but yeah how do you how do you feel about it scribe yeah i mean i was i was thinking about it while we were recording the the episode and i realized that in doing the questions and thinking about adrian's character a little bit more um the reason that he kind of flip-flops between really fine on his own and doing his own thing and being really terrified is being put in positions of leadership and he doesn't know how to lead other people when you're in a race uh, it's you against everyone else and maybe you have a co-pilot like and but a co-pilot isn't so much you being a leader like you guys are still doing the same thing so suddenly being put in a position of like oh i'm i'm in charge and i have to make decisions not like just quick you know every second decisions of like when to turn and and when to drift and whatnot now i have to like actually plot and prepare and, and lead i think that's really terrifying for him so this was really fun mm. to kind of get into the brain of adrian a little bit better and i think i can go into the story that i'm currently working on with him uh, with a little bit better fresh eyes so that's exciting hi yeah, similarly, I feel like I have a little bit better of a grasp as to why Iris is the way that she is. She's not just quiet and, like, cold. She's analytical and she's purposeful mm. more than anything else. And her focus is on family and on connections, but not as much on the emotional stance of that, but more of a loyalty stance of, like, no, this is my person. Like, I told you I'd be here and I'm here. Let's go. Let's do it. So I feel like I also have a better grasp on Iris after doing this. And I, I encourage any of our readers, go look up those 21 questions, the right prompt. I know it was a little bit strange, but I had a lot of fun with it. I did too. Yeah, I really hope that you guys uh, who are listening also enjoyed. As always, you can find more of our episodes on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and ScrubOfWorlds.com. So if you want to listen to past things, go ahead and check them out. If you want to follow us personally and see the content that we create, you can go ahead and check us out on Instagram. Uh, that is at the Scribe of Worlds, at Scribe of Worlds for me. There's no the there. Just ignore that. At Scribe of Worlds for me and at the Violet Author for the Violet Author. Uh, you can also check me out on the interwebs at scribeofworlds.com where there will be a full-length version of this story. It might not be up yet, but it will be up soon. So keep an eye out for that. And yeah. Stay tuned for our upcoming episode. We will be talking about next month and the cool challenge that Scribe and I have come up with that we will be inviting everyone to join. A little spoiler for it. Think NaNoWriMo, but like way less pressure. But more on that next episode. Feel free to drop by and listen to our past episodes. Give us a five-star rating. Check us out. We would love to hear from you about what you thought of today's episode. Was it too far off the beaten path? Did you like the exercise? Leave a comment on one of our socials and we'd love to hear from you. I think that's all the shameless self-promo that we can fit into one final. So uh, probably. what do you think, Scrub? I, yeah. think, I think that just about wraps it up. So hope to see you guys next week. And until then, wander well. Goodbye.